When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll have, I'll what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. T- distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome to episode 80 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and joining me via Zoom, Charles Hedlund. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on, buddy? I'm just hanging out, man. Yeah, boy. Nice outside, almost turkey season, feels like spring. It's supposed to snow tonight. It's supposed (laughs) to snow tonight, yeah. (laughs) It's been, that's so weird to me. It's been so warm, been nice, been taking walks after work, and, you know, it's we get a little bit of rain today, and it starts to cool down, and, you know, next thing you know, it's supposed to snow. It's, <laughs> what's happening? I really don't get it. I mean, that's beautiful Pennsylvania weather for you. If, if we don't have snow when there's turkeys strutting out in the field, I just don't know what we would do. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way, right? It, I mean, <laughs> it's out of control, man. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's funny. Our weather is so crazy. You know our weather is bad and just like batshit crazy when we talk about it in every intro. Literally. <laughs> quite literally. <laughs> it's not because we don't have anything else to talk about. It's because it is the most interesting thing going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right there with you, bud. <laughs> uh, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping we get a little snow. We get a little snow. That makes my life so much easier at work, man. The pressure's off. Everything's good. Like, bring that revenue. Bring that snowfall, you know? Yeah, when it's, when it's cold <laughs> and snowy... At my work, it's just it's just cold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I guess it sucks for. I mean, I get it all the time. The laborers and stuff are all cussing me out when I start cheering for snow because they're over it, man. We had a a really good year for snow, and now uh, they're over it. They're like, nope, we put the salt spreaders away. I was like, well, that was stupid. We're well, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna have to wear my fleece lined pants to work tomorrow. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
out of no, control. Man, it was just getting warm too, like thought weather wise, like turkey wise, it was just heating up. Like I went out, I think it was Sunday. I went out Sunday and I had nothing to do. So I drove like four hours in the morning and we had some pretty nasty rain and it got a little windy, yep. some heavy rain. And of course it was just for that drizzle period. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go head out. I got to meet somebody anyways. I was meeting, uh, um, oh, Mike from Grip and Grin Outdoors. Oh, Mike Fennel. Yeah, I was meeting up with Mike. I had some, uh, some sticks that he purchased off of a buddy of mine and I was, uh, I was the middleman. I can take that. Awesome. So I was going to go meet up with him and I'm like, I better do my rounds and just go look for some turkey. And I, man, I didn't see one single turkey, not even one. And then the weather broke and I think Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, I had to go into work and, that's usually when I see a lot of my birds is driving to work because I pass a lot of fields. I mean, I drive 50 miles to get to my office. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm traveling through some turkey country, you know, and Monday didn't see shit. Tuesday, man, um, I actually take that back. I guess we had a baseball game Monday. Yeah, didn't see shit Monday. Tuesday, we had a game um, down towards West Virginia near Weir. Man, there were birds all through the fields over there. That's like that 1A area. Yeah. Those big aimlands, 117. Man, there were turkey all over in the private yep. areas. Yeah. Turkeys everywhere. And then today, uh, there was even more out. So it was just getting good, man. It was like starting to see the flocks, and then there's going to be this cold weather again. It's gonna... Yeah, but I look. Next week, it's supposed to go back up into, back up into the 70s and the high 60s. It'll be all right. Well... Or just give them a little shock. We'll get rid of some of the uh, some of the mosquitoes and stuff. There you go. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, next week I'm going to start getting out in the mornings mm-hmm. and and start listening. There you um, go. There's nothing be wrong part- with that, man. I mean, now's the time to really start putting in your homework because come season you'll have them hopefully a little bit figured out. Yeah, and I don't have that the convenience with us leaving uh, mid-April, mm-hmm. we'll get back and it's going to be, that weekend's going to be youth season. I'm only going to have probably three days to scout before youth season. Yeah. I, I really want to get my nephew his first bird. My niece is going to be coming with us too. So if I can get both of them birds on that one day youth season, that still bugs me, by the way. Yeah. One day and it's only till noon. Like, that's just that bad. Right. It's bad. You know, yeah. it ain't even right. It should be a two-day thing, I think, personally. I, you want the kids in there. We, we cover that in, in some of our episodes. Like, we want the kids outside. Absolutely, man. Hunting, you know? Yeah. You know, anyway. Anyway, this episode, man. <laughs> we we got some great guests on this episode, man. I'm excited about this one. I mean, we... Oh, how, how good are these dudes? Dude, the fact that... I mean, I'm not even going to go into it. You're going to hear the episode. But the fact that these guys are just like... Literally, if you're into turkey hunting, these guys are living the dream, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, they're living the dream, but they are earning every bit of it. You like, better these believe are, it. These are the guys. Like, yeah, we love the hunting public, right? You and I, we love the hunting public. But when you talk about guys that are working full time jobs and working vacations to just get extended weekends, drive across the country mm-hmm. to go hunting states, chasing the forty nine state super slam. I mean, holy crap, man. And, and they're, they're, I mean, we got the statistics. We, we mentioned it on the podcast. So I won't, I won't waste any or I won't ruin the surprise, I guess. But, you know, they're making a pretty good dent in just a couple of short seasons doing this. Yeah, man. They're, they're, they're up there. I saw, um, today 
I saw, actually, I think the post is from yesterday. Bonds laid down another one. And there's yes, the, uh, <laughs> there's the little kicker. We got Bond Stanley and, and Derek Anderson, Bayside Legion, boys. Bayside Legion on the YouTube. That's where I found them. Yeah, found man. Them on YouTube, man. It seems like all my favorite people I, I like to watch on now are on YouTube. I don't go anywhere else for my entertainment. I don't go anywhere else for my, my hunting fix. It's all on there. You can find some really good groups and they're one of them. When you're talking turkey hunting, these guys, they just kept popping up once, you know, once and over and over and over again. They kept popping up and like that recommended for you. Yeah, man. And finally, I started watching them. Like these guys are, these guys are actually pretty entertaining and they're, and they're damn good up. turkey hunters. They're tearing it up, dude. Heck yeah, <laughs> man. And they have fun, you know. This, this was a really good episode. This may be our last of the little bunch of turkey episodes, but I think I got, we got a little something coming here as well. Yeah. We want to put together kind of like a turkey report, um, segment, maybe a little shorter podcast you guys might see, uh, next week. Yeah. Um, before some of these other seasons start off, we got a little late jump on it. We kind of wanted to do this right before season start kind of as they come up to give you an idea if you're heading there for an opener in that state you give you an idea of what the temperature of the birds are yep you know what's going on what if they're talking that kind of thing that was kind of our idea behind it so um where better to start than oklahoma yeah uh, for my own self being <laughs> <laughs> i figured that was why but it's okay it's all good now <laughs> no no before we get in the episode we have some announcements to make. Hmm. We got. We do have to talk about that. We've been putting in some work lately. Oh yeah, buddy. Yes, we have. We have a new partner to the show. We do. We do. Yes, we do. We partnered with Scree Gear, which oh. is unbelievable. I'm really excited about this one, man. Yeah, this is something where you and I. You know, when we first started this podcast, and we're making this lengthy, but that's okay. That's all right. We first started this podcast, you know, we always talked about we would not take sponsors and that kind of stuff unless we truly believed in the product and it was something that we used, we trusted, and it was something that we, we already had, right? Because how can you go out and grab a new sponsor and then just pick up their product for the first time and then jump behind it and start telling other people to use it, right? Yep. So I went all in on Scree Gear last year, like all freaking in. I almost bought dang near everything that they have to offer. And if you guys want to get into it, and I, I thank you, Austin, because you, you pulled me into Merino wool. That was, <laughs> you know, my first Merino wool, I went and bought some black Ovis off of Camo Fire. You know, I didn't even know what Camo Fire was until you ruined my life by sending me that link. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, ever since then, you know, I went to the, the base layers, the kebab 150s from Scree. Now I own the 150s. I own the 300s. Um, I have the, the pants, the jacket, the light season pants, the light season jacket, the heavy pants, the vest, the neck warmer, the, you know what I mean? The, uh, the, the skull cap. Uh, dude, I love it. I freaking, Love it, man. I always wanted a clothing that was high quality. Yeah, and technical. Something that you have like an actual layering system with that makes sense. 
Right. You know, and we've worn a lot of the same clothing over the years. Yeah. And, um, without saying what it is, <laughs> I would say that I really like the clothing, but when it was cold out and you'd be walking to your stand, you'd sweat. Yeah. And those base players would hold that sweat. Once you got them wet, you were done. I mean, totally. I was very uncomfortable. I had a lot of, I had to really go out and just toughen up on some really, really cold sits. And, and it's probably chased me from the woods a few times as well, as I'm sure it has you. It's not easy to stay out there when you're cold, man. Not comfortable. I mean, you, you want to be as comfortable as you possibly can. And if you can afford to get better clothing, mm-hmm. you should absolutely invest in get what you can afford. Because it makes a total freaking difference, man, especially when it comes down to merino wool. Yeah. And what better place to start than Screeger? They have top quality for not the same price as other top quality competitors. They're direct to consumer, which keeps them very cheap, um, very affordable. Their stuff is absolutely amazing. They're always running sales. Right now you can go on and get the Stealth Mountain pattern that they're discontinuing for the new patterns yep. um, that they're coming out with and you can get them on extreme discounts and that's what i did i took full advantage of that i bought everything that they pretty much offered yeah um had they not sold out on some other products i'd have them too like yeah. the 300 hoodie um because that merino wool hoodie is going to be mine in no time i guarantee you there you go buddy. i wore it man i i walked the I, I would like to say that I walked it until it withered away, but it never withered away. I mean, I wore these this clothing. Um, I rarely wash them. You know, the merino wool it does not get smelly. Um, I sweat in them like crazy, but I stay comfortable and warm. And man, it is something we truly believe in. Yeah, I'll tell you that right now. I haven't used Scree Gear personally, but uh, I have used merino wool. And I'm very excited because of how passionate you are about Scree Gear and the fact that you you used it all last season and you put it through its paces. You know, yeah. and nothing failed. Everything looks great still. You know, I'm very excited that this is a partnership that we went with and I'm very excited to try the products, man. You know, this is something that we've kind of talked about and thrown around for a little while approaching some people and, you know, I'm, I'm glad this is what we're, what we're kind of path we're going towards. Heck yeah, they were number one on our list. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. From the beginning, they were number one on our list when we sat down and said, "Hey, look, what clothing do we really, really feel passionate about?" And I just had—I could not have enough good words to say about Scree Gear. There's nothing that I've heard about Scree Gear that's been bad, and from everybody that I've talked to, whether it be you know Park at McDonald or or Walt or anybody, anybody I've talked to, they've always just sung high praise about it. So I mean, it's it was kind of a no-brainer for me. Yeah, yeah. The more people we'd have on the podcast, like Lock Wheeler and the guys you mentioned, Lock Wheeler, I, yeah, yeah. We just uh, the, the guest we just had on was wearing a scree hat, right? The yeah, guy that we were talking to before we did this intro. Yeah, man. Uh, he had a scree hat on. You know, some of the, some of the people that I look up to the most, and uh, that just that's why I went with it. You know, I wanted quality. I wanted the quality clothing. I was sick of being uncomfortable and chasing something that this clothing company I feel that we used to wear, I think a lot of their um, their products and they were going downhill in a way. Yeah, totally. Uh, and you're still paying the same price as what I'm paying for, for Scree. Yep, absolutely. You know, yeah. and, get, and getting half the quality of product. So, yeah. ScreeGear.com, <clears throat> guys, head over there. 
We have a discount code. Yeah, Scree was very kind enough to give us our own discount code for our listeners. It's uh, for your first purchase. You get 20% off using the code WDP20. All caps. All caps. Yep, I do believe that makes a difference. Yeah. All caps, WDP20, White Tail Distraction Podcast. That's easy to remember, guys. And it will not work with some of them other bigger sales. But make sure if you go on there, no matter what you buy, whether you get the discount or not, uh, put our code in, let them know that, you know, you heard from, from us and that's why you're on the site. Uh, we appreciate it. Right. And, and let's, uh, let's give a little love to the rest of our, our partners. Uh, what about VIP? You know, veteran innovative products, man. You know, that, that's another product that we've been using for a couple of years now. Absolutely love the broadheads, man. Killed a few deer with them. Blood trails were absolutely just totally wicked. I mean, Freddy Krueger blood every time I shot a deer with them. And, you know, I don't, I don't have anything bad to say about them. They hold up. They're like a freaking workhorse. They're a tank. You know, you can just use them over and over again because they're so damn sharp and so durable. I love them. I don't see myself switching broadheads anytime soon. Uh, neither do I. I talked to Matt on the regular. I just talked to him today, you know, and, and when I was talking to him, he, he basically, he's like, you know, he and Cindy, they're from a different generation, man. Yeah. When, when you pick up the phone and you call them, you text him, he answers yeah. every single time. You tell me any other broadhead company in the world where you can reach out to the owner of the company and get a response 100% of the time. Yeah. I'll wait until yeah. I die because you're not going to buy them, <clears throat> yeah. right? <laughs> you're not going to call up the, the owner of Rage and get anybody close to the top. Yeah. Okay. And that's the four letter word I shouldn't even have mentioned that R <laughs> word. That's a curse word. Well, <laughs> moving along, it, it's it's almost fishing season <laughs> as far as bass is concerned in my book. You know, if you guys are looking for a new new kayak, head over to New Canoe. It's another one of our partnerships that we're recently working with, and you know, you want something that is, like, bad to the bones, 100% stable, go ahead and check it out. They have kayaks from pretty much every price range. You know, you work your way up. You can get something that's really crazy. You can get something that's really, really affordable. That's another company that, talking to anybody, Parker McDonald, talking to Chase Prince, Walter Lee, you know, all these guys that are consistently using kayaks for hunting and fishing, guess what they're using? New canoe. Yep. Yep. There's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. There is a reason for that, and that's because they are top quality. Yeah. You know, when we decided to go with uh, doing a like a promotional partnership with New Canoe, there was just somebody that it did, we didn't even flinch at it. You know, that was like that was our goal. That's who we wanted. That's where we want to be at because we know that they are one of the top in the business. Yep. You know, and I'm sick of floating around in a nine and a half foot pelican. <laughs> You've been doomed. <laughs> You've been doing, <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know it's it was worth it. It was what I needed at the time. It's still a great kayak, and trust me, we're not dissing any other brands. I made the rage joke because I love getting people fired up. That's what I do, you know. But we're not dissing any other brands. We just feel like the ones that we work with, they're the best. Yeah. I mean, they're they're the best that we know. You know, we work our forty hour jobs, forty plus hour jobs, I should say. Yeah. And uh, we, we earn every penny and all of our money goes to hunting and fishing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and turkey calls. We go to turkey calls too. My buddy Kyle Allen, NF Custom Calls. Make sure you get your calls in, man. They're going to be uh, flying out the door here with turkey season coming up. So I'm sure he's going to be busy, overwhelmed, 
What's our code with uh, with Cal? WDP? WDP. Get yourself free shipping. Yep. They're so awesome calls the with Pope and running them for a few years, you know. Killed countless birds off of them. They're, they're great, great calls, man. Heck yeah. It's nice because not a lot of other people in the woods have them, and that's a different sound. Yeah. And that makes a difference sometimes. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right. We've never done that before, but we, I felt like we had to. Just give, give paying a little homage to our, to our recent, recent yeah. partnerships. You guys have any questions about any of those? Um, please, you want to see the product, you, you want to see anything about them, reach out to us and we'll show you what we have and what we believe in. I can give you a really good idea where to start on screen, the layering system, so you're not going all in like I am and right off the bat. Or if you want to get crazy, they have really good bundles and really good packages right now on sale as well. So the bundle deals way, are the like, way to go. Yep, screwgear.com. Check it out. All right, without further ado, man, here's Bayside Legion. Alright guys, we are back with another turkey episode for you tonight. We have a super special couple guests on for you. Uh, these guys are chasing the 49 state super slam and it's pretty exciting stuff. Their YouTube channel last year that they had the season on is still pumping out turkey content today. I think it, an episode just dropped tonight even in Connecticut with Derek. And if you know I'm talking about, you know, we have Vaughn Stanley and Derek Anderson with the Bayside Legion on. What's going on tonight, guys? How are you doing? Hey, guys. We are doing great, man. We are currently looking from the outside in with turkey season as we're talking to you and you're in southern Florida right now in your truck after already having a bird on the ground. So yeah. that's got to feel pretty good. <laughs> It, it does feel good. The pressure definitely is off. And this bird in particular was kind of cool just because it's, we were down, Derek and I were down here in 2019 and I hunted seven days and didn't hear or see a male turkey. So <laughs> I feel really good about this one. Like that was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. Well, we're going to get all into that story for sure. I know we're going to cover, you said it's a pretty good story. Well, let's uh, back it up a little bit. I just want you guys to kind of each take a, a couple minutes to kind of introduce yourselves, and then uh, we'll get into more of the history of Bayside Legion after that, if that's okay. Sure. Derek, you can go first. All right. I'm Derek. I'm from Northeast Maryland. Been hunting a, a variety of stuff pretty much all my life. My dad raised me in, in hunting. I kind of started out more on the deer hunting side, tagging along, going up in the tree stands with him. and just watching for a long time when I was a little kid and broke out more into waterfowl from there. And it probably wasn't until I was 13, I think, when I started turkey hunting. We were kind of learning together, my dad and I, and learned a lot of what not to do in those first first few years. And I don't think I killed my first bird until I was about 19. But since, it's just been, the, the bug took hold and it's been unstoppable and started kind of branching out, traveling a little bit more just to extend my turkey season as much as possible. And I think it was Florida for me, the first, which was first year I hunted Florida was in 2018. And getting down there and seeing just that unique of an environment really kind of set in with me. And that's when really wanted to experience a lot more that the world had to offer and started uh, picking away at the U.S. slam, which I let Bonds dig into who inspired us a little bit into that because he tells it better than I do. But it's it's been a wild ride so far, and we're still more or less babies at this, and it's it's well worth it. It's been incredible so far. So That's awesome. 
All right. So my story is a little bit longer than Derek's because <laughs> I started out. My dad was a big time turkey hunter way before I was born. Uh, when he was in his kids, his dad shot a turkey and he was there when his dad shot a turkey. And he just remembers walking up on it and just being all struck by that bird. And since then, he has started chasing turkeys and he was traveling and turkey hunting way before, you know, most people were traveling out of state to go turkey hunt. And he was traveling all along the East Coast. So when I got, when I was born, he took me out the first time when I was less than a year old. And this was before Delaware had a turkey season. He wrapped a camo bandana around me and <laughs> called up a gobbler in Delaware and had it strutting and gobbling in front of us for 45 minutes. To say I was hooked from then would be an understatement. And uh, so pretty much from the time I was less than a year old, I've been uh, addicted to turkey hunting. And it just kept growing and growing from there. In 2001, my dad was actually in South Carolina at a turkey camp, and he met a gentleman by the name of Doc Weddle. And Doc was chasing turkeys in all 49 states. That thought had never crossed my dad's mind. It never crossed my mind. But when he said it and he came home and told me about it and told me about meeting Doc, I was struck so hard with that information. And like, you know, when you have a very important thing happen in your life, like, and I hate to bring up a bad thing, but 9-11, like everybody can remember where they're at yep. when they first heard about 9-11. Well, on a positive side of that, when I first heard about Doc chasing turkeys in all 49 states, I remember where I was standing in my kitchen when my dad told me. It just struck me at my core. I didn't really start to do anything with it until 2011 when I also went to Florida and saw just a completely different landscape than Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, South Carolina that I'd been hunting and fell in love with wanting to travel to other states. But due to financial reasons and all that stuff, we didn't, I didn't really get to travel, travel until about 2018 when Derek and I and we kind of well we don't have a competition going we do push each other a little bit and egg each other on just a little bit to keep us keep us moving and uh the two of us combined have really pushed it hard the last couple of years to try to make it dent in all 49 states that's awesome man you know hearing that analogy really strikes deep with me you know I can actually remember where I was when 9-11 happened like it was yesterday that that's so crazy that's deep man you're that excited and that pumped about doing the 49 states. You remember exactly where you were. That, that's killer, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, to have that kind of impact on your life, I guess that just goes to show that you're that passionate about hunting. You know, when when 9-11 happened, it was something that it, it was a little different, of course. You yeah. know, it was more of a catastrophic event that created this this impact in our mind. But for you, it was the opposite. You know, it was something that, intrigued you so much and interested you so much that it created that impact in the in the back of your head for years down the road you know i think that's really cool and you know to get to hunt with your dad and stuff that's something i can relate to really well you know and uh growing up through that kind of background so that's, that's awesome man it's a great story it's a good background and uh i'm excited that there's like more passion to it that you're chasing 49 states rather than just like well, you know, I saw someone else do it and I want to do it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, there was even kind of a little bit more to that story in that we used to travel a lot when I was younger. And we used to, you know, again, before there was DVD players or anything in cars, what mm -hmm. we did is my parents would play the state name game and then the uh, state capital 
name game and trying to name all the state capitals of the different states. And so I was just fascinated by all the different states from a very early age for playing those games. And so when somebody mentioned you could shoot turkeys in all 49 states, it just blew my mind. I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. I got to do that. That's awesome, dude. That's a great story. We want to jump into the Bayside Legion. We want to kind of get the history and the background of where it all started, how you come up with, I'm intrigued by how you come up with the name. I'd, I'd like to hear about that too. Yeah. And, uh, and the YouTube channel and what it, what it's become. So if you guys want to jump into that a little bit, maybe just pick it apart a little from each perspective. Well, I guess the idea started, we, we officially dubbed ourselves the Bayside Legion in the summer of 2018. That spring, we'd both stepped out of our boxes a little bit added a few few new states and at, at the time it wasn't I guess an immediate goal for me it was at the end of that season when I actually hit Pennsylvania when I said you know what I'm biting into this and, and doing that and Bonds had been dabbling with the filming through mainly tactic cams and um, was getting you know good good footage of what he was doing but just having a, a gun camera doesn't offer a whole lot. It doesn't tell the good story. So he, we've just between the two of us, I mean, we've been friends since I guess we met in college and we were both best mans in each other's weddings. I mean, we're, we're best buddies outside of that. So uh, we talk regularly about how we can better film. And then that same year was the first year that uh and Hody project was out. And yeah, I mean, I'm going to sugarcoat anything. We're, we were heavily influenced by that. Dave's a great dude and, yeah. and offers a lot. And it was very inspiring seeing somebody that was that motivated and, and that interested in traveling as well. And it kind of like, all right, we like that he does it. He's not filming the same way that your average guy on the outdoor channel does sitting on the field with the decoy out. You know, he's turkey hunting kind of the way, you know, we've always gone about it and wanted to, to keep going off of like our own styles and our own little branch off of that. The name, the Bayside Legion, obviously pays homage to Tom Kelly's 10th Legion. If you're a turkey hunter and you haven't read the 10th Legion, you're wrong. <laughs> you need to. <laughs> do so. Do so now. It's a good book. Great book. A great book. <laughs> so there's there's that. And then the Bayside part of it, because we, we love turkey hunting, but turkey hunting is not the only thing that we do. We're also huge duck hunters, snow goose hunting seek a deer do a little bit of whitetail in there but uh seek a deer hunting is like a huge part i mean we we've just become almost as addicted to that as we have the turkeys so really um oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> dude that has my interest I, so much like i i might have to pick your brain separate about that but that that i'm so interested in that i want to uh, yeah keep going i'm sorry <laughs> you know every aspect of what we do and you know basically between the Delaware and the Chesapeake Bay, you know, we're, we're sandwiched in the middle between them and, and that's our home. That's our lifestyle. So kind of where it came from. That's awesome. Bonch, you, wanna... um, you covered it pretty good. I mean, that's, that is where we got the Bay of Legion. Part of it was because we live between the two bays and just paying homage to Tom Kelly's book. I mean, that, and when we named our Turkey video series, the season, it was obviously I know about Tom Kelly's other book this season, which I don't know if you guys have read his books. If you haven't and the listeners haven't read all of his books, they're all really, really good. They're not necessarily like your cliche turkey hunting book. He rambles a lot about a lot of random things, but they're all just really good reads. But he has a book called The Season, and it was kind of 
to do about that as well. You know, be that he had a book called The Season, but for us, it is the season that matters. And so that's why we named our video series of Turkey Season The Season, is because to us, that's the main season that matters to us. That's what gets us up every single morning. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Heck yeah, I can see the uh, the relationship to Turkey and Sika as well. I can see why you enjoy both. That's awesome. That's one thing I know, Oz, like Austin said, that that's something we want to do and want to try. That would be a lot of fun to head over to Maryland and chase some of them. Those little uh, swamp ghosts or marsh ghosts, I guess they call them, right? Yep. Yeah. It's like a little elk. <laughs> they make yeah, that crazy yeah. little bugle. I mean, I mean, think about it. Everybody calls elk big turkeys. Yeah. So what's that make? Sika, little bigger not as big turkeys <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> i heard they're great eating too that's that's kind of what i'm more excited about to be honest with you yeah they are well uh bonds you referenced the season man and uh, we obviously want to recap 2020 so <laughs> sorry austin <I laughs> no, you're your, good man your Go sunshine there <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys want to kind of do a, I mean obviously it was a long season for both of you like we we covered uh just before we got on how many states each of you hunted and if you want to start with that, how many states you hunted and kind of a quick recap uh, of last year, I think that would be pretty awesome. Because like I said, there's still videos dropping. You guys killed it last year, man. It was a good year and and a, a unique year with obviously the events that were going around the world. But it played havoc on, you know, the plans that we thought we had made and and changed things drastically as we went along. We started off the season in Hawaii which was, I mean, that's, <laughs> it, that's such a, an awesome place to turkey hunt and just to be in, in general, but yeah. it was wild. And check those videos out if you haven't, because it just, it's a very unique place and being able to hunt up above the clouds and hear lots of goblin turkeys. And, and, and I'll be honest, it, it's hard. It kicks my butt. I think we had a group of five of us that were hunting there, um, both her fathers, Bonds, myself, and his brother Jacob, and we did kill some birds, but we worked for every bird that we got. And Bonds and I went into day six, and neither of us, neither of us had killed yet. Oh, and man. at day six, I had not heard a gobbling turkey on public land yet. So I have so many pay- questions about about Hawaii. Like, first of all, the logistics <laughs> of getting all of your stuff there and finding public land and I mean, Hawaii, is there a lot of public land? It's not a huge place. Like, Well, there is a lot of public land on Hawaii, but there's only a couple of units of it that you can turkey hunt on. Okay. It's mind-boggling. Like, if you have Onyx and you look at the big island of Hawaii, which is the only island that you can turkey hunt on on public land, the whole island looks like it's public land when you zoom out and you look at the whole island. But then once you actually dive into it and you find the units that you can hunt, they're much smaller. Mm. It's like... Why why can't I hunt the other stuff? But they only have a couple of units that they allow you to hunt. And so it really shrinks down how much of that. And then when you get there and you see the terrain you're in, while it might be, and I forget how big some of those units are, but they're in acreage huge, but it hunts a lot smaller because it's so open. I yeah. mean, it's rock. So that's just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Thinking about hunting in Hawaii, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, how did they get Rios there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, our turkeys in Hawaii. What better way to plan a trip that you could take your family down and call it a vacation and still hunt turkey yeah. to open up the year? 
I mean, you guys are genius. Why is why why has not everybody done this? Like, why are you the only people that I see doing this? But okay. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I guess that makes a lot of sense. Probably the most expensive turkey hunt you ever went on, I'd imagine. Yeah, but, and of course, got to go, and and they all came, and and they had a phenomenal time as well. And I don't know, it's a great place. It's and yeah. it's it's very. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like home because everybody just treats you like your family they're they're the greatest people you ever meet it's a great place <laughs> that sounds yeah. like it man <laughs> all right let's keep going we we got hawaii what where'd you go next all right so from hawaii we came back bonds you were the next stop so go ahead and take it okay so next up i went to florida and i've been to florida before but again if it's a turkey season somewhere and i can figure out a way to go i want to go and so I had mentioned my dad before. Well, my dad has for his entire life only hunted Eastern and he's never killed any one of the other subspecies, had no real desire to kill any one of the other subspecies. But when we went to Hawaii, he killed his first Rio. So then he's like, well, maybe I should start trying to hunt the other species. So I got drawn for a Florida permit. And so we went down there together, hunted with him for the first couple of days that I had on my permit and was able to get him his first Osceola bird. Sweet. And then. I hunted the next couple of days and tagged out from Florida. And then I moseyed on over to Alabama and had some success there as well. Ended up killing a bird. And then I moseyed on over to Mississippi. Derek, were you in Mississippi before me or at the same time? I know we were there right around the same same point. That's just after so, Just after me. Okay. I so then I was, in, I was in Mississippi. I found, I think, the only gobbling turkey that lives in Mississippi. <laughs> Because I found one that really loved the gobble, and he, I took him out of the gene pool, so he's no longer there, unfortunately. And then I went back to Alabama because Alabama is a little bit closer to Delaware, so I was trying to, you know, work my way back, <laughs> and found another turkey, shot him, and then I got a phone call that kind of changed my entire season. My boss said, well, the state of Delaware said at the time that if you have left the state, you couldn't come back to the state unless you had quarantine for 14 days. So I couldn't come back to work until I quarantined in the state of Delaware for 14 days. No point during my spring was I going to be home for 14 consecutive days. And my vacation time had already been approved. So when I was talking to my boss about it, I said, well, so what does this mean? And he goes, well, you can't come back until you've quarantined for 14 days. And I said, well, you've already approved my vacation time. So what does this mean? And he's like, well, you can't come back until you've quarantined for 14 days. So Pretty much, I didn't have a job oh, from man. March until the middle of June when I finished turkey hunting and came back and could quarantine for 14 days. And I was going to have wow. to make sure I guaranteed that I had a job when I came back home. <laughs> yeah, sure. But yeah, that I wouldn't, I'd, I would be fine and I would have a job when I came back. So that pretty much meant that I had the rest of the spring off, which snowballed into a huge, huge deal. So Derek, I think that catches you up to where you were at. Yep. So I was in Mississippi getting my butt whooped for a week. And then <laughs> that's when, like you said, it, that's when shit was hitting the fan. And Maryland threw in an executive order where they didn't spell out that quarantine very well. I, I don't think because was able to finagle. I didn't get the, the luxury that Bonds got with the entire spring off, but <laughs> I was low at work and wasn't really advertising where I was going. It, it wasn't, um, they said I'd, uh, we don't think you're 
you'll get fired if we find out you went out of state. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to roll with that. (laughs) 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 But anyway, Mississippi ended up whooping my butt. Had to come back home. The next swing of when I was able to take off, started off in Kansas on that leg. Had a great stretch. Um, Did Kansas, went to South Dakota, Wyoming, and Montana, and then worked my way back home. And that was a great trip. Everything just lined up perfectly. And uh, that was a good one. That was a real fun one, too. And then Bont started. We were in Kansas on the, got there on the same day. And then take it away, base. So went into Kansas. And my luck last year was just, was just phenomenal. And I, I have no other words for it than that. Like when, when I'm telling this, it's going to sound almost unbelievable. Um, then it was just God was smiling down on me because man, it was a season like no other. I walked into Kansas and killed two birds on the first day. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a pair, it was a pair of birds. So long story short, I call, I found a pair of birds, got in close to them, called them up. I shoot, I miss. And I, they were, I don't know, less than 20 yards. I shoot and I miss. They separate and I'm up against one creek or up against the creek. One flies the creek to my side. They were on the other side originally and ended up shooting one. The other one takes off. Well, I tag that one, take a couple pictures. In the process of doing all that, I fell in the creek, lost a boot because I fell, literally fell down into the creek. My boot fell off and was floating down the creek. And so it was fun. Um, I lost my favorite diaphragm call. That took me about 30 minutes to find because it's a green color. So all that, I put the bird in the truck, and then I went back after the other bird and was walking the creek edge, found the other bird just standing there, and ended up shooting him too. <laughs> then he falls in the creek, so then I have to go back into the creek and die for him. From there, I went to Colorado. took me a couple of days in Colorado because the people were incredible. Um, Colorado, and I guess Coloradians, they love to be outside. And so during COVID, they were all outside all the time, all over the place, doing everything, hiking, fishing, four-wheeling, biking, just people were everywhere. And it got really frustrating and annoying, but I was eventually able to put a bird down. From there, I went to California. First day, first full morning in California, I killed a bird. I'd roosted him the night before, killed him early in the morning. Spent a couple more days just poking around in California because California is a gorgeous state and it's just so diverse. I mean, where I was at was kind of like in the wine country, um, not in wine country, but close to it. And so I went over, drove to the coast and saw the Pacific Ocean. And then I hunted in the coastal redwoods. And then I drove back and I hunted up in the Sierra Nevadas and I just, just enjoyed it. From there, I went to Wyoming and I hunted Wyoming. Took me a couple of days, but I found a bird in Wyoming. Then I went to South Dakota. That took me one day in South Dakota. And that hunt was really cool. I was up on this mountain and I found these birds all because of Derek. I'll give him total crop or props for this one because <laughs> he sent me a pin and I normally don't like to go where somebody else sent me a pin, but I hunted a few other places that day and I hadn't found any birds. Went to where his pin was and sure enough, it was turkey and, um, found him in the morning. But they were staying on private. They had roosted there on public. So that night, I was sitting up on public just waiting for them to come back. And a thunderstorm rolled in just at quitting time. And 
I hear thunder and lightning as it's moving across and coming towards me. And I'm watching like lightning strikes and the thunder is just getting really loud. And every time the thunder booms, this turkey that's right below me was gobbling. Well, about 10 minutes before quitting time, he gobbles again. Thunder booms, he gobbles again, and he's about 15 yards to my left. And I didn't see him there at all. I didn't see how he got there. So I stand up because there's a little rock hop crop in there. I stand up after a couple of shots. I ended up getting him. And um, as I'm picking him up, tagging him, lightning strikes the mountain right next to me. So I am running back down <laughs> to get back to my truck before the rain hits. And I mean, it was it got pretty pretty wild there for a minute. That was South Dakota. Then I went to Montana, and first full day in Montana, and ended up tagging out with two birds. Then I went to Utah, and that one took me three days to find a bird in Utah, but got a bird in Utah. Well, then at that point, I had been gone for a while. And I knew I kind of needed to get home to see my wife at least. So I figured I would sneak back home and, you know, just say hi for a little bit before I hit the road again. And so I came home. But before I stopped, before I got home, I decided to stop off in Missouri and found a bird the first afternoon in Missouri. And then the next morning I was able to get him. And then I came back home. And then Derek, I think you're up again. That was, that was a little bit of a long one there. That was a, that was a fun trip. That was a, incredible incredible trip yeah so i get back home i killed a bird the the very first day that i hunted locally and then from that point on i hit a wall like the hunting local birds like between all the extra pressure and the weather that we were experiencing because like every day i hunted was gray and windy and just not gobbling days and i was struggling to find birds in areas where you know i know like the back of my hand and i normally don't struggle at that level and it it was kind of, I guess, deflating a little bit. And then I had a three-day stretch and said, you know what? I got to get after it. I got to get away from where I've been hunting and made a road trip up to Connecticut through Rhode Island in there on a Sunday because Connecticut wasn't open on a Sunday and did end up filling a tag in Connecticut with a, had to throw in a barter day to get one extra day off, was able to seal the deal there, came back home. I think I might've hunted one more day local before I hit my next leg. The plan was for Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan. And what I should have touched base on when we were talking about the first Western swing, when COVID came up, all these states started shutting down license, license sales to non-residents. We kind of panicked and said, we need to get these in our hands now and bought a bunch of licenses for states, not knowing if they were going to shut down for us or not. That saved us in Kansas, Wyoming, and Montana. I don't know if there were any more than that, but I know it's saved us on those three because they did end up shutting down. But once you had the license in your hand, you were good. We were not able to hunt Nebraska this year. I believe Kentucky and Ohio also went down as well. Yeah, correct. But the, uh, yeah, so I ended up pre-buying Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Michigan. So I get up to Wisconsin thinking Wisconsin's loaded with birds. I was in an area that had been freaking hammered. There were people everywhere all different out-of-state tags, Alabama, Georgia, I mean, you know, tags from places, people that know how to kill turkeys, and and there was a lot of pressure up there and was not hearing any gobbling, like, at all. I think I hunted, ended up making a big jump, and I finally killed on day five, and I felt fortunate to get that bird. So that, I think I had 12 days on that trip total, so taking that long in Wisconsin was kind of like, well, that's pushing it back a little bit. I was hoping for three days per state. And based on the weather conditions, 
North Dakota had opened up on an Indian reservation that we'd been looking at. So, and they extended the season out a little bit. So it's like, there's an opportunity. And I went for it, ran out to North Dakota. So this is seven days left of the season and <laughs> still had three states to go. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. No pressure yeah. at all. <laughs> it's nothing like packing them all in at the end. Why I made that decision to jump to North Dakota, I have no idea. And then I get there, and it was Memorial Day when I arrived, and I couldn't buy my tag. So I actually had I, I chewed up an entire day because of that decision, and I was kicking myself so hard for that. But scout, try to learn as much as I could, and and I got on birds in North Dakota, but I did not kill. And then when I was looking at the last two days of the season, it's like, well, I could hunt one more day in North Dakota, maybe kill a turkey, and then have to drive a 24-hour stretch back and be at work on, I think it was Tuesday morning, Monday morning, whatever it was, the day that I had to be back. Yeah, it was a Monday. But it's like, that's going to kill me. So yeah. it's like, see if I can drive eight hours back, hunt Minnesota for the morning, drive the next eight hours, hunt Michigan the next morning, then drive eight hours the rest. And that's what I ended up doing. So those two states, I didn't get a, a real good taste of them. I hunted, you know, till about lunchtime in each state. But I did learn a lot. and actually. I got permission on a couple places that told me you come back next year, you're good to go here. So <laughs> killer. It's awesome. Heck yeah. So how many there, states in total are you not done yet? That so Derek, that ended your season. Boss, did you have more to your season? Yeah, I did. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was in Virginia when he was headed to Michigan. And I was headed to Michigan as well. My plan was to hit Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota also. And I found out from Derek that Idaho, Washington, and Oregon had opened their season to non-residents. So Washington last year actually shut down their whole turkey season period to residents and non-residents. Finally, at the end of the season, their governor opened back up their hunting, their turkey hunting season and said that non-residents could buy licenses. And then Idaho and Oregon also reopened um, sell their licenses to non-residents as well. I had originally planned to hunt Idaho, Oregon, and Washington. So when they opened back up, I said, I'm going to Idaho. I mean, that, there was no question in my mind. So I drove from Virginia to Idaho, which is my second time back to the West Coast and in the same year. Um, drove to Idaho, hunted there, found a bird, got him down. Then I jumped over to Washington and I've got a cousin and I stayed with her and at the time her husband and her husband took me around trying to find a turkey and he did an awesome job trying to put me on turkeys. And I was just a terrible client, even though I, mean, I wasn't paying him, but he put, he put me on a lot of birds and I finally was able to get one down in Washington, um, was able to get him a bird. And then the next morning I jumped over to Oregon, Oregon took me a couple of days, but I was able to get a bird in Oregon. I was headed back to Idaho because Idaho season goes just a couple of days longer than Oregon's did. And so I was headed to Idaho when Derek told me that he was going to North Dakota. I was like, well, shoot, I'll just go to North Dakota too. So I <laughs> turned a little bit direction and went to North Dakota, hunted there for a few days and did not have any success. And when I was in Washington, my cousin's husband had a friend who lived in Michigan and he said he had he had birds on this property, and if I was able to make it there, 
he would put me on birds. He said, guarantee he, he put me in front of a bird. So with two days left in the season, I head to Michigan. Sure enough, he put me right in on a bird. I had the bird land in my lap first morning, but he just was over a little rise and I was not able to get a shot off on him. Next morning, same deal, but I'd moved up the little rise. The same, the stupid turkey roosted in the same tree, which is why it bugs me about how this ended. Flies down almost to the exact same spot he had the day before. I shoot and whiff. Uh, that was hurtful. Still hurts. And later in the day, I was still poking around this guy's property. Later in the day, I find the same turkey, and I whiff again on him. That that one really hurt. That one stung bad. So at this point, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit by this crazy turkey's roost tree because I know where he's coming. He's roosting in the same spot. The guy told me that he roosts in the same tree like every night. So I'm just going to sit at the base of this tree and wait for him to come back. And I did. And literally the last three minutes of shooting light, here he comes and he pops up and he's hard on my left hand side. I try to swing and he takes off and I didn't want to miss him three times in one day. I don't know <laughs> if I could, I don't know if I could have stomached that one. <laughs> um, so I didn't shoot and hate that bird lived. From there, I went to Maine and drove into Maine, did not, had not purchased a license in Maine before I went. Because it wasn't originally on my radar, but I had time to kill, and I still had that 14-day quarantine thing going on at home. So I'm like, what's a couple extra days? <laughs> so I go to Maine, and my brother came up from Delaware, and my father also came up from Delaware. But my first morning in Maine, I had to wait till Walmart opened at 8 o'clock to go buy my hunting license. And I think by like 9.30 or 10 o'clock, I had killed two turkeys in Maine and tagged out. Dude. So <laughs> that was really cool. What was also cool was that morning before I went to Walmart to buy my license, I found another bird and figured out where he roosted. So the next morning, I took my brother into the after that bird, and my brother had never been to Maine, never killed a bird. So he arrives at like 10.30 at night, and in Maine in June, it gets light at like 4 o'clock or something. It's some crazy early hour that it starts to get light. But so we went in there, set up. I think I clucked in a total of six times at this turkey, and this turkey comes right in on a string. My brother shoots him. Since I turned 16, I have very, very rarely ever hunted with another person. I think Derek and I have hunted together maybe three times in that entire stretch that we've known each other. Um, I've hunted with my brother probably more than anybody, and that's been maybe five times. I've hunted with my father, I think, three times since I turned 16. So very rarely do I ever hunt with anybody. So to hunt with him was really cool. Get him his first Maine bird was awesome. So that that ended my season up there in Maine. Dude, that is unreal. That's the only way to like describe it. Unreal. Like I don't know what kind of turkeys you're finding that you're six clocks and the birds coming in. Like by nine thirty, I killed two birds. Like I'm having a hard time getting it done in two states. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy, man. Like like I said. God was smiling down on me because there's no other way to describe what happened. I mean, there's just there's yeah. just too many things that went right. <laughs> Insane. I love it though. That's that that's got to be one of the craziest seasons I've ever heard. Honestly, hands down. It was a good one. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> a really good one. <laughs> I want to know the pro tip on how you make those twenty plus hour drives by yourself. I mean, that's got to be <laughs> really really difficult to do it twice in a year. That's insane. Um. This country is a lot bigger than you think it is. Yeah. Until you drive it. Like just going from Colorado to California, I thought 
there's only like one state between them, so it shouldn't be that bad. No, it's over 20 hours from where I was <laughs> in Colorado to where I was going in California. I mean, so everywhere it's just it's so far. And I don't know. My pro tip is listen to loud music, roll the windows down. If you get tired, stop and take a nap because it's not worth it. I mean, I used to really, really push it, and I'm not saying I won't again, but it's not it's not worth dying over. Yeah, nothing is. So, you know, if you get tired, just find a rest area, pull over, and take a nap. Even a 15 minute cat nap can just wake you right up and keep you going for the next five, six hours. Heck yeah. There you go. Cause that trip, I mean, if you have someone there to entertain you, it's, it's not as bad, I would imagine, but like by yourself, it's just you and your thoughts. That's a dark place. Loud <laughs> <Mouth> music. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No, man, you had, you had the, we'll call it the dream season, maybe. Uh, that was, uh, that was pretty amazing. I'm wondering when you guys are going to write your own book. <laughs> maybe once we finish the slam. We still got, we still got a ways to go though. Yeah. Yeah. So how many states did each of you end up with last year? We started this year. I think we we're both at 15. And so Hawaii made 16 for both of us. I ended up hunting 12 states. I killed in seven. So that puts me at 22. So I'll be, be starting off this year coming in with 22. Sweet. Not bad. Not bad. I, um, like Derek said, started out with 15. I hunted 20 states last year. Oh I killed birds in 17 states. 14 of those were new states. So I am out now at 29 states. Unreal. 22. That's, listen, that's incredible. That's incredible. I love it. I, uh, inspired right now with just, the, you know, just the season you guys had last year. That's incredible. You know, seven out of 12, 17 out of 20. And, you know, Derek, you mentioned before, like you hunted 12 states, but some of them you might have only hunted half a day. Yeah. You know, that's tough to get it done in, in a brand new state. Half a day is very hard to do. So yeah, that's just, it's some of the pressure that you put on yourself and in, in trying to, to chase this slam and, and it's unnecessary. You don't need to do it that way. It just, sure. I don't know. We did <laughs> live and learn. <laughs> try not to do it again, but I can bet that I'm probably going to. <laughs> Hey, I can, yeah. I can appreciate the fact that you tried. I mean, just, I mean, Bond's kind of had like, he had like the free card, like go and do whatever you want. Cause you're not coming back for 14 days in quarantine just go and do it. But like trying to get it done and having the limited amount of time, that's like, props, dude, prop but to both of you, Heck honestly. Yeah. But yeah, well, the general awesome. rule of thumb is three days. I mean, that's what both Derek and I have tried to and people before us you know there's been quite a few people who have chased the slam who have mentioned the three days and that really is a good time frame for a new state you try to give yourself three days in order to to make it happen and just try to try to stick to that and it doesn't it doesn't always work like like derek said it took us he killed on day six in hawaii i killed on day seven in hawaii Colorado took me, I think, a total of seven days across two different years. So, I mean, you're going to have those states. Both him and I now hunted North Dakota for a number of days. So when we go back to North Dakota, we're going to be, I think, both over that three-day, you know, mark. Yeah. So, oh, now, man. you guys shot from the hip a lot, too, which was kind of cool. And, and more because of the fact of COVID and the restrictions. I get that. But did you have like the beginning of the season? You guys obviously, I would imagine, had like a mapped out logistic plan for where you're going to be and how long of each state. Or did you kind of keep some open options there? 
it was destroyed. <laughs> like, <laughs> plan was like our, our first Western swing we were going to do together. We were going to go hit Kansas, Nebraska, and South and North Dakota. And that, that was one, one swing. We were going to do that driving together. And that, that was going to help with the, um, you know, being on the road, not having to stop to sleep because we can alternate who drives and whatnot. And like when Nebraska stopped sales and then when Boss got the green light, the, he didn't have to be back. He's like, yeah, sorry, buddy, but, um, yeah, I'm not driving you. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. and the whole COVID thing with, you know, you're supposed to, you know, keep to your own household and things. And we just figured it was, it was easier if we just stayed in our own trucks. You know, if we just stayed in our own trucks, this was my home. I was by myself for most of the spring around very few people. Yeah. You know, you can't get more quarantine than that. Yes, honestly. <laughs> and and that's the whole thing I don't understand about states shutting down hunting seasons. I mean, there's obviously a, a greater reason for that. You know, there's a political background because, like you said, I mean, if you're outside hunting, how better do you quarantine yourself from other people? You know what I mean? I, I guess I get the fact that there might be hunting parties, but when you think about turkey, like think about, you know, like Bond said, he's hunted almost his entire life by himself, turkey hunting. It's a, it's typically one or two person hunting sport, you know, but the people that make this decision, they don't know this stuff. You know, I think, I think my personal opinion that they look for a political way to kind of put hunting on the back burner for a lot of people. And it, you know, it was tough. I'm sure it was tough for you guys. Like you said, you had a plan in mind, you had everything set ahead of time. And then all of a sudden, you got a bomb dropped on your, your entire trip. And, um, I'm glad that you still got as many states in to hunt and you still were successful as, as high as you guys were. Yeah, it, was a, it was a good one. Heck yeah. <laughs> with, with, Heck yeah. With that said, I mean, 2020 was, let's call it a shit show, but 2021, I mean, what are you guys going to do to just make it an even better season than last year? What are your plans? Where are you going? What do you, what do you got in mind? Well, I can't top last year. I mean, that's just not going to happen. I understand that. So I'm going to dial it back a little bit compared to last year, but I'm starting here in Florida. And, you know, you're talking about plans, and this is where plans change all the time, and you can have a plan, and then you still have to modify it throughout the year. I'd originally hoped to get drawn for Arizona, did not get drawn for Arizona, so I took that one off the list, added a couple other states to my list, then those states kind of fell through. Then last minute scrambling around, I figured out that there's an Indian reservation that opens up in Arizona that opens up really early. So that's my next stop is in Arizona. And then after that, I have a license for Nebraska. I have one for Illinois and I have one for North Dakota and I have one for Michigan. And outside of that, we're just going to play it kind of by ear. See where we go. I like it, man. Yeah. I'm down for that. What about you, Derek? I'll be driving, heading down Saturday night to Mississippi to kind of try to redeem myself down there. I got 12 days total on that one. So, um, you know, there's some other options outside of Mississippi. Alabama comes in that first, the next Saturday, but I'm not going to fight off more than I can chew. If it takes the entire time in Mississippi, that's what it takes. Yeah. Um, in April, I got a permit in Iowa. I'm looking forward to. I also have a Nebraska license and a North Dakota license. That'll be on that swing. And then I just bought plane tickets the other day in May 
for the Pacific Northwest. I'm going to start in Washington, see where it goes, and also have a Michigan license for the end of or that last last week of season for the continental U.S. in in June. So yeah, it'll be so it'll be a fun one. So I want to know what are you guys keeping? I mean, you do both have like a giant map at home, and you're just like xing them off, or or how are you guys keeping track of the states that you're hitting? And uh, are you also you know, revisiting states that you've already crossed off the list if they're convenient on the pathway to the next state. Well, I think I think we both a map and how many we got left, and uh, we actually have it posted on our website. It's, oh, okay. Sponsor myself and his brother Jacob. We all have our our personal maps up on there. It's uh, the BaysideLegion dot com. But yeah, if uh, if a repeat state comes up and we got the opportunity to hit it, we liked it. I think we'd both jump on it in a heartbeat. Yeah. I mean, I'm down here in Florida. This is, I've been down here four or five years now. So yeah, this is definitely a repeat state, but it comes in earlier than everything else. So yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You need to scratch that itch, man. You, you got to get down there and get it going. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Well, cool boys. So we got, you know, good recap of 2020. We, we know where you currently are and uh, what your plans are moving forward. So let's jump a little bit more into the details of it. You know, a question that came up or we were talking back and forth today between Austin and I is, you know, hunting turkey in each region. So, you know, since I guess the best way to approach this would be since the South typically comes in first, you know, maybe we'll start with the South, move to the Midwest or the West and then kind of come back to the Northeast. But we kind of want to know what, like, each region, if you want to break it down, you guys can take turns on this, too, and your personal experiences, of course. You know, what's some of the challenges you face in each region? Maybe some of the the, the main struggles, uh, how hard it was to find ground, topography, how that played a role. Like you said, in, in Hawaii, that was a pretty tough state to hunt as well. And then uh, maybe some other factors. I know that's a lot in one question, but I guess let's start with the South and kind of break it down. You know, what are some of the challenges you guys face when you when you go down there in that early season? Well, I think you kind of need to break the South up into two regions, actually. One of okay. which is Florida, and then there's also South Florida, which is a whole different ballgame. Derek and I joke that South Florida is the quote-unquote 50th state because it's so different even from where – we hunt Osceola just north of here in the north zone. It's totally different landscape, totally different environment. So it's, it's just different. Derek, I guess I'll handle Florida since I'm already down here. Then you can handle the rest of the south. But down here, it's, it's tough. There's, they don't gobble much at all. They're very, very picky about when they want to gobble. You know, an old, an old guy told me once that Osceola's don't like to gobble when it's rainy. They don't like to gobble when it's too cold. They don't like to gobble when it's sunny. They don't like to gobble when it's too hot. They don't like to gobble when it's mild. That's it. <laughs> they just don't like to gobble. So that's kind of that's kind of what it is. But then they're turkeys. Every you know, once in a while, you'll find that one bird that is just tearing it up for no apparent reason. Today is his day that he wants to gobble, and so he does. It adds a whole different challenge to it. And um, South Florida, especially, it gets it can get really tough. This is this place is no joke, no joke at all. It's it's a whole nother world. Everything down here wants to bite you or eat you or, it, yeah. <laughs> like this morning walking in, I had a, I face planted a spider web with a spider that was about the size of my hand. Oh. Um, that oh. was a, 
I might have screamed like a little girl. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, I don't do spiders. I'm I'm out. I'm never going to Florida. <laughs> Sorry, not doing it. Chuck yeah, me scream like a little girl, girl, man. It's it's bad. If I get the spider web, I just oh, it's bad. It's, ah! <laughs> Normally, I'm pretty good, but like you know, when you go to pull it off your face and the spider is sitting on the back of your hand and like mm. its legs are on your fingers. Nope. And its body is on your hand. No, that was that was just. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd be in a different state right now, Bonds. Put it that way. <laughs> Another thing with Florida is just the humidity. It, I think it, it makes the, the sound of a gobble very difficult to travel. So you got to be fairly tight to them just to hear them. You know, in, in comparison to like being in the high altitudes where you can hear for miles, you know, because the air is real thin and, and you can just hear forever. In Florida, with all that humidity, the air is packed in tight. It's it's a uh, it's different. Yeah, I think it makes- yeah, and it, it's super thick, too. Right. I mean, the the geography of it it's it's unbelievably thick and nasty and wet yeah it's a jungle the vegetation is insane a lot of things to knock down sound yeah yeah well what about the rest of the south i mean bonds pretty much embarrassed alabama and mississippi last year i mean straight up just made it look way too easy (laughs) everybody out there right now is just (laughs) screaming at your youtube channel like it's not that easy it's not that easy yeah, especially if you watch that first Alabama bird because I missed him and then shot him like I think it was eighteen or seventeen minutes after I'd missed him. Man, um, do you do you, you got to remember the scene on Jurassic Park when the uh, you know the Tyrannosaurus Rex coming in, he's hitting the ground and the water's shaking, right? I feel like um, that was happening when that bird was gobbling. Like he was hitting so hard, it was unbelievable. I feel like water was shaking around you. My heart was shaking. <laughs> that, was, that was part of the reason why I missed. He had me so strung up and so just, God, I'm surprised my heart didn't pop out of my chest. It was beating so hard. Yeah. <laughs> but go on. Go ahead. Uh, explain the rest of the southern region, if you don't mind. It's tough, too. I mean, you know, Pennsylvania's got some great turkey hunters in it, but the south has always had turkey hunters and i feel like generally and this is a very broad general statement but generally some of your better turkey hunters are probably going to come from the south because the birds are just quieter they've been hunted longer and now especially their populations are drastically declining so it's it's tougher down there for sure i'd say that's a fair statement for sure definitely southern guys are tearing it up compared to us northern guys yeah, I mean, for sure. And like you said, it, it, they've been around for so long. I mean, it's, it's pretty deep rooted in the South. I mean, it's a known thing that turkey hunting's kind of a, you know, obviously a big deal. Plus, you know, their season time frame too. Their season is a lot earlier than ours, which I, I think also affects how those birds behave as well. It makes it a little tougher to kill them. It also drives non-residents to come down and hit that early season. And then Definitely. you get a little additional that. And sure. it always intimidated the hell out of me. And I, I touched base on that in my Mississippi video. And, and I was handed the butt whooping that I expected to get when I went down there last year. Yep. And, but it's, a, it's a beautiful area. I mean, just all the way from, uh, I haven't hunted Alabama yet, but I've hunted Georgia and it's just, you know, the rolling hills and hardwood gobblers. And that's, that's what turkey hunting is. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Did you find any uh, topography challenges when you were down south? I mean, the creek bottoms are, like, you get in those creek bottoms, you can see forever. I would say that's different than what we're used to in the mid-Atlantic region, region where we usually have a lot of cover to be able to make moves. So you got to be careful as you're getting down in those creeks and because you might as well be walking out in the cornfield. I mean, it's they can see forever and you know they're watching for you. So that's yeah. that's just that I was trying to be cautious of when I was doing it. But it's, uh, I guess, overall, the hardwoods hunting is familiar, just a, a little bit different, that's all. Yeah. I imagine, and I, I know from some of the videos, that some of those states like Alabama and Mississippi, portions of those states can get extremely thick too, you know, really thick and, and kind of hard to hunt. I, I remember a couple videos where, you know, basically you'd, you'd be hunting like just the roadway more or less of an area because it's so thick and nasty. I mean, did that play a role as well in some of the challenges? I don't know if you guys faced any of those challenges while you were down there too. I definitely hit areas that were thick enough that I avoided them because of that, because it was, it was, you know, hard for me to move in it. And I know turkeys can move in and out of that stuff with, with breeze, but, um, it wasn't where I, I mean, if I'd have heard bird gobbling back into it, I'd, I'd have trudged after them, but yeah. that wasn't the key master. <laughs> so you kind of stuck to more of what you were familiar with. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense if you're trying to, raise your odds right you're going to try to hunt what you know uh, that you can be successful in so i understand that part yep. Yep. well then uh how does it open up let's go maybe to the midwest yep. then rolling in the midwest i like it let's go rolling in the midwest so we got uh what are your your biggest challenges you guys faced out of the midwest well midwest is a great region seems to be doing well turkey number wise as as a whole biggest thing is I mean, you get, get such large open areas. The turkeys, obviously they, they roost along the creeks and, and whatnot or the heavy woodlots. And I guess isolating those kind of spots wasn't terribly difficult. You can usually use map scouting, figure stuff out pretty well off of that just because there's, there's a limited number of available trees. So you find a, a big cluster of trees and there's enough turkeys. There might be a turkey nearby. If not, cover ground until you get it. They do like to hit those open areas and cruise. So they, they will cover ground, especially when you're talking about like Rio's and Kansas and, and whatnot. They, um, they get out there and they roll. But overall, I had fun hunting in there so far of what I've experienced. And yeah, you could say it. Midwest is easy. Those birds are easy to kill. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> <laughs> there's no easy bird and there's no necessarily dip, more difficult bird region wise. They all have their own challenges, but. I think I have a little bit more experience in the Midwest than Derek does, just because I've hunted Iowa, for example. And Iowa was a little bit difficult because it was so open. Me, I like to move and I like to move on birds. And when I hunted Iowa, I was, I felt handicapped by not being able to move like I normally would. I had to, you know, if a bird was gobbling, I couldn't necessarily go running up to him because there's a giant field in between us and he would have seen me. So it, it was a little bit more difficult. For that yeah. reason, but so each state's pretty much you're going to face your own challenges in each state, and you know the Midwest gets enough uh, enough crap for being easy for deer hunting. So we won't pick on them for turkey hunting. Then I guess we'll say their turkeys are still tough. But you know the Midwest then is at least you know some of the states I'm thinking of is more flat, more open ground. Is it similar in the West or in when you move out to the West? 
Uh, do you see more topography? And I guess if I think, if I say the West, you hunted, or both you hunted kind of all the way in the West, you know, like California, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, those states are definitely, I would imagine topography plays a role in the challenges when you're out there. Yeah. So I hunted all, I pretty much hunted every Western state last year with the exception of Nevada, Arizona, and Texas, and Nebraska, if you want to consider that a Western state. And topography definitely plays a very big challenge in it, but more so the birds. Um, Miriams, despite what a lot of people tell you, public land Miriams are not, they gobble, they gobble a lot, but then those jokers just run and you just can't, you just can't keep up with them and they just, they just move. And if you're in the Rockies where there's a lot of pines, they might roost between two different days, miles and miles apart. So you might think that you have one where he's roosting, and then the next morning he could be five, seven miles away. Wow. You have, you have no idea, and, you know, you won't be able to hear him. And so it gets to be very difficult, and they also seem to stay in clusters. So you can cover a lot of ground and not not hear turkeys. Um, I know in Colorado, for example, I hunted quite a few days where I didn't hear a bird gobble, and I was covering, you know, in the morning I'd cover eight to ten miles. Ooh before now so you know covering a lot of ground and not hearing a bird and then but once you find them you found them and generally they will stay within the same vicinity but even then they can move you know a lot inside of that but when you yeah. find them they freaking love to gobble you can depend on miriam's turkey to gobble every morning and every evening as long as the weather's not terrible they they just will gobble religiously and i love that about them because easterns and osceolas don't Miriam's absolutely will gobble every morning and every evening. So if you can find them, then you can make a play on them. But it's just the locating them and keeping up with them that's tricky. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So where are we then? Um, do we cover everything but pretty much the Northeast? Yeah. All right. So back in your home, home ground, the Northeast here up and up near us, like your Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware. Um, all the way up to Maine. How's that? Uh, how's the Northeast treat you guys? Go ahead, Derek. Well, it's where we grew up. It's what we know. And I can't say it's, it's drastically different as you, I mean, the farther north you go. I will say Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, there's areas of that that are very, very, very thick. Just the woods can be some really junky woods, really hard woods to traverse. But, um, overall, I mean, hardwood gobblers, uh, they do like fields. I mean, turkeys around here like fields. Turkeys up in Maine found them around fields as well. Not that I prefer one over the other. I like turkeys that gobble here at the end. So if there's a goblin bird in the field, I'll try to kill them out of the field. But it is what it is. But, um, I mean, topography gets a little more challenging. Like Vermont saw more on the hilly side, a little bit on Maine. There's, there's definitely some more terrain in some places where where we hunt locally, it's a little flat matter. We're not out in the mountainside, but still nothing like what you see out on the western side. Yeah. 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 I've been told that plenty of times. We, we thought we saw the first time we hunted, um, East Tennessee, which was in 2008. We thought those mountains were mountains until we saw the Rockies and it's just, it, it's <laughs> a little different. <laughs> Yeah. And then, yeah. then there's Hawaii. Hawaii was a totally different, totally different ball game. I mean, that was, 
our first view of Hawaii was snow. At least for me, I'm not sure Derek was on the other side of the plane, but when we were coming around, my first glimpse of Hawaii was of snow, which is not what you think of no. when you think Hawaii. So that that was a whole nother a whole nother deal. And it is so cool and you can hear birds for miles and miles there. And you think you're covering ground and getting close to them and you're you're not making nearly enough ground. Yeah. Now do those Rios act like the Rios back up uh, in the forty eight? Yeah, they Are gobble they and they run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they run, they gobble a lot. Um in Hawaii I think they breed not necessarily year round, but their breeding cycles a lot longer. So their season opens up on March 1st and we were getting some guys that we know that are in Hawaii. They were posting pictures of poults before we went. And then there was obviously some hens that weren't even breeding yet. So they have a really long breeding cycle. So finding birds without hens is definitely very challenging there because some hen or another is always going to be, you know, in that cycle and, and ready and trying to pull a palm away from a willing hen is just tough. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Very hard to compete, man. That's. Heck yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that goes back to my state about the South and how early they are. You know, it's tough. I think in my opinion, it's tougher because they're going through that cycle where they're really hend up and they're really tight and uh, obviously tight lipped as well. You know, our season out here starts in May up in Pennsylvania, and it's like by that time, uh, the majority of the breeding cycle is over. You know, it's a little different, a little different ball game. It's a lot easier to find, uh, you know, lonely Tom after the hens kind of gave him the boot and they went to go nest and, and slip away to a dark, deep hole somewhere. And 10 o'clock comes around. It's like clockwork. You know, there's a big goblin Tom somewhere in the right mood. So it's a little different, but, um, so we are getting there on time, guys. And, uh, we promised a story from Bonds, his, his Florida story, but I mean, it's a, it's a pretty quick story, but it's about being in the right place at the right time and being lucky. And I like to think that I had learned enough about where I'm hunting to make this happen. But basically it's hot down here, really hot, like 85 degrees. And I was wearing rubber boots because the water this year is down a little bit. And so I didn't need to wear just regular boots. They're going to get wet. I had knee boots on. So I've been walking most of the morning. It got to be about 10 o'clock or so, 1030. And I sat down, take my boots off and had them just chilling in the sun, just trying to dry them out a little bit. I had my pack up and with my feet resting on my pack. My gun was leaning up against a tree in front of me. I was sitting there looking at Onyx, trying to figure out what to do. And before I'd sat down, as I was making my way to that spot, I'd been calling every once in a while. Called when I got there, right before I sat down. But I was sitting there with a face mask not on. It was blowing windy. I really didn't think anything would hear me. So I just, I wasn't really thinking that anything was going to happen. And the grass here is the perfect height for a turkey. If they stand up tall, it comes up to just their waddle. And... I'm sitting there on my phone. I just happen to look up and just to my right, I see a big red head about 15 yards. And I'm, and again, no face mask on, the guns up against the tree, no cameras are on, no nothing. And I'm like, Oh God, this is not going to be good. But I was sitting in the shade. He puts his head down in the grass and I grab the gun real quick and start to get spun around on him. And then the next time his head comes up, he's still right there and he's just periscoping around. And I could tell he was looking for, for me. I think he was looking for a hen. 
and he starts to mosey on off a little bit, and I always walk around with my mouth call in. It's in my mouth constantly from the moment I leave the truck until I get back in the truck. So I start yelping at him, and he turns around and starts making his way back, but I'm right-handed, and I was facing, you know, in front of me, and he's coming up hard to my right, but every time he would stick his head down in the grass, I'd scooch over a little bit more, scooch over a little bit more. He finally gets to 24 yards and sticks his head up, and I was waiting there for him, and, and that was it. Never heard him gobble once, never heard him make a sound. He never strutted, never drummed, another, nothing. Just came in totally silent. Let him have the business. <laughs> he was on a Sunday stroll. He just uh, he wrecked that poor thing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there was a yeah. lot of tracks in that area, and that's kind of why I was there, is it was, there's a lot of a lot of tracks. I'm thinking that there's got to be a bird in there, and the amount of pressure that's been down here is unreal. So what I've kind of been doing the last couple of days is just trying to do that. Just find a spot with a lot of signs, sit down and call for half an hour, 45 minutes, and get up and move a little bit and sit down. And I know these birds have got to be moving around, looking for hens. So this is just what I've been trying to do, and it paid off. Heck yeah, man. I mean, you hear it all the time, you know, patience kills and it, it's tough. That is a tough way to hunt turkey. You know, I, I, I like, and I know you do, you like a, a really aggressive style typically. And, uh, you guys are very aggressive and, and you get it done. So to, to be able to, to kind of adapt to the surrounding area and dial it back like that and get it done. Kudos to you, man. That's hard to do. I know, I know it's very tough to do. Yeah. Heck, I sit for 10 minutes, and I'm like, all right, I got to go. I got to go. I got to do something. <laughs> it's tough. Either that or take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Dad, well, don't think you're getting out of it without a story either, man. Yeah, I know it's kind of might not be from this year, but, you know, do you have, like, maybe a favorite hunting story or maybe a favorite story from last year you want to share? Favorite story from last year. Well, um, we'll talk about the Connecticut bird. That was a, a good one on on a video that just came out, but awesome. when I ran up there, like I said, that was more or less an impromptu. I got, I got to change things up a little bit because I was getting my butt whooped here. Um, so I had three days in a row. So I ran up to Connecticut, just really going off of no knowledge at all. And, you know, checking out on action, you know, seeing, seeing what looks good. I'd studied a little bit off of like what counties produce birds. So I knew what I was targeting and, kind of get in, get my feet in the ground. Like the first day I had four jakes come by at 35 yards, let them walk. And then, it, I don't know, it was, it was tough weather conditions between wind and rain for those days that I was there. That first Sunday I had to jump over to Rhode Island because I couldn't hunt Sunday in Connecticut. That was a cold day, only heard two birds or two gobbles, and I'm pretty sure that bird got shot. And then came back into Connecticut, had to, uh, when I was running out of time, I had to call my, my counterpart supervisor that runs the other shift, ask him for a trade day just so I could squeeze in an extra day because I didn't, didn't want to come home without, uh, sealing the deal. And I, I felt like one day, one more day had it in me. So like that day I'm hunting, wasn't getting on anything and it, it came all the way up until the evening. And I had walked through an area at some point in the morning that I kind of liked and I saw some scratching and stuff that I liked. So I came back through and there was a, a cornfield that was interestingly had just been disked. Like when I came back to it that evening, they disked it during the day. They love that. And yeah, I'd, I'd backed my truck in, dropped the tailgate down, popped up my stove. I heated up a, a can of soup on the stove and I'm just 
sitting there listening and it was still kind of breezy. So I wasn't really expecting to hear much. And I'm watching across and there's some pine trees on the other side of the field. I see two birds fly up into it. I'm like, no way <laughs> did I watching two birds fly up like that. They weren't in the field. They came from the woods, but they were pretty close to the edge. I'm thinking, all right, they had to have been hens. And I'm standing there and finally I owl hoot and the bird gobbles. And I'm like, no freaking way. <laughs> it's like here I've been, been looking for that situation this entire time and just have it luck of the draw. There it is. So then I, I slipped in under it. Now they, the field was public. Um, it had a very, very thin strip of that side that was on public and then it dropped off on the private land. So technically the bird was roosted on private, but it was very, very close. So I had to get him out to the field for me to be able to shoot him. Um, so I'm, as I'm set up, somebody, some, you might watch it and you might question it on why I'm kind of facing dead away from the bird. But that's why, because he was back on private land and I wouldn't have been able to shoot down into the woods. So kind of set up and he ended up being more directly behind me where I sat down to him because I like to get kind of tight and my plan was about 60 yards. So he's like back behind me a little bit farther than I thought. When he comes out, I can hear him drumming up through the woods, but I, I can't really pinpoint exactly where where he is. And I yelp at just the right moment because it's like, boom. Well, it's like I'm trying to decide, is he going to go to the, my, my right side or is he going to go to my left side? Because that's a big change on where I got to put this gun. I don't have any decoys out. I'm just expecting him to come out to the field. So it's like it could easily go either way. And I'm like losing my mind trying to figure out where he is. And then finally, I, I yelped right at that last chance. He was definitely on my right side. I shift over and I just got moved around in time for him to step out into the field. And I think I had him on camera for about maybe a half of a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah he, was good. He, he came out. It looked like he, did he get boogered up and kind of get out of frame? And then you made the shot, right? Well, you see me shift and you see when I see him because all of a sudden the camera freezes. And I, that's the camera that's on my barrel. And so it, it was, I fortunately pointed, thank God for the, the gun camera. Cause otherwise I don't know if we'd ever get birds on film, but if you see me just tense up as soon as I see him and there's a stick that's, that's blocking him from the view. So I have to move just a little bit. And as I, I shift, he perks up and he, he starts to take a couple steps away. And that's when I just had to bear down. Like it, it wasn't a long, long stretch that I had him there, but <laughs> yeah, it's all it took, man. I was good. You. <laughs> Not at that stage of the game. Hell no. <laughs> Close. Drive back four and a half hours and then work a 12 hour night shift. Oh, man. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, you guys are grinding. You're earning it, dude. You are, yeah. you guys are earning every little bit of it. And, uh, I think you're doing it the right way. So I look forward to seeing the rest of the states you guys hit. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, how many years do you think, uh, now that you made a pretty good dent last year, how many years do you guys think it is going to take to finish it off? That's a tough it, question. It, I know it is. It, it's still so dependent on how things go. My original plan was. I wanted to be done by the time I was 40. I'm 35 now. Um, and that's just driven by the mountains aren't getting any flatter and I'm sure. not getting any younger. So I had set 40 as my, my goal, which uh, as long as I keep doing as many states a year as I've been doing the last couple, I think I'll be in good shape for it. But there's some tough states that require draws like Nevada 
that's going to be a tough one to get. So if it takes several years to be able to hunt Nevada based on the draw, that could throw things off a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Sure. What about you, Bonds? Um, I'm hoping, and I've got a lot of work in order to make this happen, but I'm hoping to be done at the end of 2022. Cool. But again, there's a lot that has to go right. Like I got to, I, I want to get 10 states this year. And depending on just how some of those states go, because I still have some really big question marks that are going to make whether that happens or not. There's a few states that I'm kind of relying on other people for in order to try to get this done in two years. And I do not like relying on other people. I much prefer to pick a state that's got a national forest in it, go walk around the national forest, and I will find a bird and I'll eventually find a bird there. But I like that freedom that I can just go and do whatever I want. Nevada, like you said, it's a draw state. I have some contacts in Nevada that I have to try to rely on. And through some unforeseen circumstances, it didn't happen this year, which is why I'm headed now to Arizona. So two years is what I want, but so many things have to go right in order to make that happen that it's probably going to be three years. I mean, we know guys who were supposed to be done last year and they're not done last year. And now they had to finish up this year. And then I know one guy who, because of COVID situation last year and a few things that happened, he's not going to be able to finish until the following year, until 2022 now. And he only had a handful of states left going into last year. So <laughs> it, you know, anything could, anything can happen and can change. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I wish you guys the best of luck. I mean, it, that's realistically that, that slam's only something that I can kind of dream of at this point, but you know, you guys are really living the dream and, and getting it done and, and working hard and you guys are earning it. And I, I love it, man. I'm, I hope you guys just yeah. absolutely destroy this thing. Thank you. It's just, I don't know any different. Turkey hunting, and I want a turkey hunt as long as I can turkey hunt. Yeah, yeah. And I want to see as many cool places as I can see where these birds live. I mean, when you compare Florida to Hawaii to Maine to the Rockies, they're just so different. So they mean different habitats, and that's not even counting Mexico. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, before we let you guys go, I got one last question for you. Is there any state right now that you guys, and maybe it's different for both of you, that you've already crossed off your list that you are extremely excited about because you thought it would be a very tough state to do so? Alabama for me. I've heard a lot of things about how tough Alabama was, and I was thinking that I was going to go to Alabama and absolutely get my butt whooped. But I've loved reading, you know, the old pro turkey hunter, the 10th Legion, um, and so I had a lot of respect for Alabama and still have a ton of respect for Alabama and any turkey hunter in Alabama. Uh, just, I, I placed Alabama on a pedestal and joy does not even begin to describe the emotions that I had when I was able to tag that bird in Alabama. That was just, that was a crowning moment for me. For Heck sure. yeah, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. Good answer. What about you, Derek? Uh, thinking about it, I'd, I'd probably have to go with Florida just cause that was, that was in the, the early stages of this and that was just so extreme as far as being out of my element. My first Florida bird is a bizarre, bizarre story. We got time for this? Yeah. Dude, throw it on there. Heck I'm down. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> so first time, first day morning that I was hunting in Florida, I didn't hear anything off the roof. I get down into a cypress bottom and I'm kind of just, just working this bottom 
I'd seen some wild pigs. Now, this was my first experience with pigs, period. So the first couple I saw just took off running. I'm like, all right, that went well. Then go up a little bit farther. I see two more pigs, and they're about maybe 15 pounders. They're little guys. And they walk by me at like 25 yards. They never saw me, blind as a bat. I'm like, all right, that was all right. So I keep moving up and eventually come up. I see the sow, a big girl, with a whole little litter of bacon bits. <laughs> yeah, she picked up on me and she made a couple little charges and, and snorted at me. And I was like, ah, I don't like that. <laughs> but at this nice, pretty cypress bottom and then the outside of it, it goes right straight to just jungle that's like impossible to, to walk through. And it's like, man, I really don't want to get out of this creek, but I'm going to have to because I'm not going past this girl and getting ran over by a pig <laughs> or have to shoot. But the entire time I've been calling as I worked up that creek and I come up and it's like, all right, I, I got to jump in here. So I start crossing over into the thick stuff. I step over this log and as soon as I had stepped over it, I look up and there's two longbeards just walking, walking through a clearing right in front of me at 25 yards. It's like, how does that get handed to you like that? <laughs> yeah, no way. But I mean, Florida just had a, a huge intimidation factor going in because of, I wasn't sure what to expect. So that's, that's why I list that one. Mississippi, when I do cross that off, that'll probably take over that. But <laughs> I like I'm still that. Mississippi, yeah. That's awesome. I love it. I mean, those are Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, those are kind of the states you expect to hear. I, I surprised neither of you said Hawaii, just in the fact that it, the logistically it's probably the toughest, I would imagine. I'll be honest. I wasn't expecting Hawaii to whoop my butt the way it did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, we were expecting that, it to be easy. We're like, yeah, we're going to hunt a couple of days and then be in Hawaii for, you know, the remainder of the trip after we tag out. But yeah, nope. no. <laughs> <laughs> the I, wire. I told my wife three days because that's been my going average is three days on a new state. So I figured, okay, Hawaii, you know, I'll get one or two birds down in three days and then I can spend the rest of our what was it, eight or nine day trip doing, you know, husbandly things on the beach with wife. And no, it took till day seven. So my wife is not happy. Now I have to take her back to Hawaii at some point, which I'm gonna give a little bit of advice for every turkey hunter out there who goes to Hawaii to chase turkeys. Go in February, get all of your husbandly duties done first, and then you can turkey hunt without having any other complications or getting any weird looks or any comments or nothing ever gets said if you've already done the husbandly stuff first. So. Okay. Okay. Solid advice. My mistake there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, well, thank man. you guys. Uh, thank you for your time tonight. I really appreciate you jumping on with us, Bonds. I mean, hell, you're in Florida, you know, getting after it. Derek, I'm sure you're busy as hell too, man, preparing for the season and getting ready to head south here any day, I'm sure. Um, so thank you guys. We really appreciate it. Hey, before we let you go though, shout out and tell everybody where they can find you, your YouTube, all your social media, all that fun stuff. All right. YouTube is youtube.com slash the Bayside Legion. We've got uh, two solid seasons on there right now, plus all the secret gear content, lots of stuff on there. You can find us on Instagram at the underscore Bayside underscore Legion, Facebook.com slash the Bayside Legion. And new to us is we're, we crossed into the TikTok dark side of things. Nice. Nice. 
a couple booty shaking videos and stuff on there. Um, <laughs> I'll be sure to follow. Yeah, I'm going. I'm doing it right after this. <laughs> That's awesome, guys. We appreciate you coming on. We were really excited for this one, and this is just turkey heaven, man. I love it. This is great. Thank you. All smiles. Thanks, guys. No problem. Thank you for having us.